Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Rebels, this is The Black Heron, episode 14. There was no buddy read this time, but I hope that you enjoy the episode. Well, hello, Sasha Black. Hello, darling. <laughs> How oh are my you? God, you I have new hair. I do have new hair. I am. Um, I have, you know what I realized is I have COVID hair. You know how everybody was doing their own haircuts in lockdown and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, I while I was sick, I was like, I need bangs right now. And I'm in the, I'm in the bathroom cutting a fringe. And, and I realized that it's not, it's not, it wasn't the lockdown. Cutting your own hair is a symptom of COVID. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 See, I can't do that with how wildly curly my hair is. I don't think I've ever had bangs either in my whole life, which is unfortunate. Well, it, they would curl up. And also it's unfortunate because I have a seven head. So, you know, like it's, it's I, would, I, yeah, I would love to have a um, set of uh, bangs or fringe, uh, but I've never been able to. So Your hair, I was going to say your hair is looking divine. I absolutely love it. So for listeners, the reason my hair looks divine is because I am growing it out for the first time in a very, in 18 years, first time in 18 years. Wow. How does it feel? Mm. Um, so, well, I think I kept it short because I wasn't allowed to have my hair cut when I was growing up. So I didn't have, I didn't go to the hairdresser until I was 18. And um, obviously I'm 36 now. So I had it long for 18 years and I had it short for 18 years. Some might say that was spite, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got the full extent of the 18 years out of your system. No, exactly. And now you can and now, do what you want. Exactly. So yeah, I'm growing it. Um, not not like super super long, but just shoulder length. And then I'm gonna shave underneath, I think, so I can have it yeah. up or down. Or, but I still need it to be a little bit funky. But unfortunately, at the moment, it's so short. It um, I just look like a bit of a microphone, really. So it, it, it you look adorable, and and you forget too that I'm married to someone with your hair, so oh, yeah. I know exactly the pain of what you're going through. I will say that yes. it looks adorable on you, but she always gets to the stage where it's just, it's just out. Susan it's like Boyle. A mushroom. It's yeah. <laughs> That's what I've been walking around saying all week. I look like Susan Boyle and um, Chloe hasn't disagreed. So, you know. <laughs> I do not think you look, your hair or anything about you looks like Susan Boyle. <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with her. I'm not, I don't no, have, no, no. You know, no, like, of course. she's an amazing singer, but like, I, I'm not a huge fan of her hair. Her voice is amazing, incredible. I love her voice, but not really the hair. And I just kind of feel like I'm embodying my best Susan Boyle. And I'm just desperate for it to, you I know, disagree. grow. I think it looks great. <laughs> and now, and now listeners are caught up on the most important thing, which is yeah. our hair, which is really true. Also, I did my, I did my eye makeup today for the first time in a while. Oh, I don't know why. It's pretty. I, like it. I love it. And then I put glasses on. You can't see it anymore, but. That's the downside of wearing glasses, right? (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen you in two months. Two months. So listeners, we just, just, what do you you say when you take a pass? It was like in in American football, we say it's a bye week. It was a bye month. Just like, we just couldn't. We noted out. We noted out. We noted out. That's that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Right Right at the end of the month is when I... So I'd gotten COVID on 
as we were on the way to the airport after our trip, like we're literally in the rental car about to return it. And my sister is in her truck and she texts and she says, I don't feel good. Let's just stop and take a test. So we all got tests and we all tested positive me and Lala and my sister. My sister had been staying with us for those two weeks. So then we just canceled everything and went back to the, um, we we got a new Airbnb because everything was, you know, we're all packed without, you know, when you pack to go home and it's the hardest packing job you've ever done anyway, because you're trying to fit the things in that you bought. And uh, yeah, so we just went and unpacked. I, I really get very desperately uncomfortable. I don't, so I love going away. It's like my favorite thing is travel. Um, But when I'm ready to come home, like I need to be home immediately. Yeah. And um, I can't like Chloe really loves like very long extended breaks. And unless I was like going traveling and I knew that like I had the next stop and the next stop and the next stop, I just can't go away for like six weeks just to lie on a beach. I would literally lose my mind. And um, but Chloe loves these really long, you know, like 16 day fucking vacations. And I'm like, I, it day 10 and I'm ready to come home yes. and um anyway this one time not at bank out but in Tenerife <laughs> we 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 were we were going for a two-week holiday that's what I had planned for so wow. on day 14 we stripped everything deep cleaned it bleached it got rid of all our food because we were staying in a self-catering one back then and um then I checked the flights <laughs> to realize they were two days later. That was the longest two days of my life. I really don't like waiting to go home. I just, I just, and I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I was like anxietying for you yeah. at the prospect of being stuck in America because like, I just would have wanted to have come home. I would have hated it. Well, and there was all this sudden red tape too. Like, you know, suddenly, like we, we, as soon as she said she felt funny, we're like, I kind of feel funny. And then we couldn't find tests. So it's like two hours later, by the time we've gone to three pharmacies to find tests, because it was the COVID, COVID surge and there were no tests. So we finally found them. And by then I'm feeling crappy, but now we've got to like find a place to stay. Um, because of our trip insurance, we had to go to a doctor and find a doctor oh, to God. like medically verify and give us the thing that would allow us to postpone everything. So suddenly we're thrust into all this red tape. But then I got to tell you, it was exactly it was it was that like suddenly we've got I, I the whole trip I'd been congratulating myself because the last year it was three weeks and I wanted to die. This year we did. 14 days. And I kept saying, this is about right. I could have gone home two two days ago, but 14 days is great. And now we've just made it three weeks because we added seven days. But but Uh what was kind of fantastic, and you'll understand this, is that I've never, ever, ever once in my entire life, never had a holiday where you just lie around and read and relax ever. Like I always plan to do that and then I don't do it. Um, But we... I didn't have it very bad and we got the Paxlovid and um, first two days were kind of crappy. But then after that, I was really weak and couldn't move around. I was coughing and stuff, but I just had to lie in bed and, you know, read books and watch as much TV as I wanted on my iPad. And I kind of loved it. It was kind of great. If I couldn't be home, at least I was with two of my three favorite people. My other sister stayed healthy. If she had gotten it, she would, then all my favorite people would have been in the same house with me. And we just ordered takeout and watched our own devices and chatted a little bit. And it was kind of amazing. Yeah, I love. So I 
I am very in the middle. Like I would say nine out of 10 of our holidays are like, go, 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 see all the things, do all the things, walk off the places, go and meet all the people. Um, and then like one out of 10 of our holidays, I crash and burn. And, and Chloe is very desperate for these types of holidays. We just have to lie still. So when we went to- like, are you I, crashing I, it? Are you burning yeah, it? Yeah, 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 literally. <laughs> Because that's the type of holiday that she wants. And the rest of the time, I just drag her around. Um, but because I think we spoke mid-July. So it's even longer than two months. Oh because it was just gosh. before we went. We both went away, wasn't it? Um, I can't remember. You're, I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. it's been a long so, time. So, that, so we went away in August to Turkey for two weeks. And I was like in a state of like basically... I was just catatonic the first week. I didn't even have a conversation. I just sat and read. I read like 13 books in two weeks. Oh, and that just feels so good. So good. So good. I really needed it. Um, so that's why I was just agreeing with you, basically, that like sometimes <laughs> I think we need that. Just You just have to lie still because we we are, and all of our friends are very much like, go, 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 do all the things, achieve all the things, smash off all the tasks. Like that's just the type of people I think we attract <laughs> that's just who we are so yeah. lying still is excruciating for me most of the time until I crash and burn and then I have to do it which um, is I think the exact equivalent of illness because it is a type of illness we actually need something to <laughs> cut us off at the knees and like and and force us to fall over um mm. for me for a lot of my life and I I don't want to blame and I never blame health stuff on other stuff because I think that is a that's just a problem waiting to happen but I do know that my migraines are sometimes hormone related sometimes weather related but sometimes they're just Rachel related and it's because I've been doing too much and the stress of it just knocks me over and Mm -hmm. yeah that's what we do we we all have those warning signs you think that and this is something I've wondered for a, a really long time do you think that it's worth doing that before yes I don't know I think it is worth but how how do you make yourself do it you said annually I yes annually so I I the deal is like I will so (laughs) the conversation we had this year is that I can't stand two weeks I just can't do it it's too much for me I I get itchy I'm uncomfortable and I end up not enjoying the last couple of days Chloe wants more than 10 days so like (laughs) we're gonna try and meet somewhere in the middle um and the the deal is we do one of those a year because I think it does stop me from falling over because, you know, we do, we are, there are a lot of responsibilities. We still have a young kid. So we do kind of need that extra bit of like preventative measure. Um, But I, I'll do that as long as I can do other trips. (laughs) So entitled, I know, but like, I'm like, okay, so next year Venice is happening. Like I've put my foot down. We are going to Venice next year, which I know, you know, that I've been hungry after for ages. So we're going to go to Venice next year. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a Sweden or is it, I think it's Sweden we're going to. Um, So yeah, there has to be other trips in there where we're like, go, 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 see all the things, do all the things. Cause it's, you know, it's inspiration for me. I get a huge quantity of inspiration from travel. So yeah. Yeah. So how was America aside from COVID? It was great because I did not do the thing that I did the year before, which was, you know, just lose my cabbage and book every minute. And I didn't do that this time. I kept the calendar pretty clear. We didn't tell a lot of people that we were coming. We had one open house where we told friends that they could come over and see us. And that was all like 
two hours of wonderfulness and two hours of just I wanted to die and you know just, it's too much it's too and, much too and many two people. hours of picking up COVID probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, but then but then the rest of the time actually and that was and, and thankfully I thought that's where we would get COVID if we got it but we got we had that oh and the other thing I did that was smart and was in the first week I chucked it with like the open house and seeing this friend and seeing that friend and seeing that friend. And then the second week I really tried to leave open. So I had recovery time while we were there too. And it was just fun. And I really followed my gut and I followed my energy. And there were times when I was just lying around in the living room, listening to a podcast and playing my game with my headphones in, not talking to anybody else. And that's how I refuel. And it was so good. It was so great. And I, and I gotta say, like, I came back um, I came back and then we had a relapse, which is, I think, when we canceled because um, <clears throat> we were home. But the day after we got home, we started testing positive again. So we had this like 30 hour block of testing negative where we flew home. We're like, oh, it's great. We feel great. And then, oh, I don't feel so great. Oh, I really feel bad. And then so it kind of came. I, I, I didn't get as sick as I was. That lasted about four or five days. But Lala got actually sicker than she'd ever been. So, but then we were home. Um, but what was I saying? So after that extra rest, when I finally started to get energy back, I've just been blasting through this revision, which I had until mid-September to do, but I asked for an extension because of COVID and I got till the end of September to do. And it's, and I've been doing the whole thing in basically three weeks and it's been great. Like my brain is here. It's on. It knows what it's doing. It knows what it's doing for the most part. Um, but I think we've talked about this before. Do you do this where like I'm back, I'm working, I'm working really hard. I'm working long hours. I'm getting, you know, 7,000, 10,000 words revised in a day. And these are big, like heavy revisions. And I'm also consuming books like I cannot stop. I'm reading a book a day or a book every two days because sometimes I feel like when I'm on the deadline stress, I I read even more than ever. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to inhale books. I do the opposite. Really? Tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's one of the reasons that I need those like two week breaks away uh, next to a pool or next to a beach I have no interest in touching um so that I do just sit on the bench and read because like so I read 23 books in July and like I can't tell you how much I needed to do that I needed to just I was literally just cookie monstering yeah everything yeah. I could get my hand and I also binged like two series I don't actually know what I did in July <laughs> just reading um but then so I started drafting book three on the 7th of August and I did, I think I read like four books in the whole of August because I I work such long hours. There is literally not a second left in that day. I am uh -huh. at the desk or I'm parenting or I'm back at the desk and then I collapse in bed. Yeah. Like that. So the focus tunnel is so acute that nothing else exists. And actually, funnily enough, I was having a conversation with Chloe and I was saying I find it really difficult because I am aware that I'm not present when I'm drafting and the same when I'm editing, like I'm just not, the lights are on and I'm on autopilot because I don't leave the world. And that I think that's one of the reasons I have to do everything so quickly and intensely mm. because I have to come back out to be a human and an adult again. Where um, Where is your focus? Is it, it's in your top 10? It is in my top 10. It's yeah. eight. Yeah. 
mine is pretty low. So I don't have that. That must Um, feel so interesting. It's, it's very good and awful all at the same time. I don't like not being present and I try really hard, but like, I just know that I'm really only half there because my brain just doesn't really leave the manuscript when I'm, when I'm drafting. Um, but it's the way I get it done the best. So and and in my non-focused self um if i were to try to do that if i were to try to spend that many hours at the desk i 100% know that i would get resentful i would resent the book and i would resent my job and i would resent myself you don't have any of that you just want to be no there. because the draft is the most fun element i resent wow. it when i'm editing because i absolutely hate editing so oh. and here's do you know okay so this is fascinating i um edited the book for a week um did all of the edits handed it to my editor and beta reader on the same day got the book back edited both the editors and beta readers feedback in two days those two periods that one week and that weekend or sunday monday it was i have never felt so drained so exhausted so sick I thought I was going to get sick because it it was like a physical manifestation of my pure, unadulterated rage and resentment at having to edit the manuscript. That is the way I feel with first drafts. Yeah, that's so interesting. (laughs) Isn't it so interesting? I can spend forever in revision and I do because I just, it gives me so much energy, but doing the first draft I have to do as fast as possible because I hate it so much. Oh yeah, that's what I like in editing. But... (laughs) So that's why I'm like, no, this must be edited this week. So I'm like, I'm more present when I'm drafting. I'm very, very space cadet when I'm editing. Uh, okay. Yeah. So tell me about what you did. You got the, so you started writing the book at the first week of August? 7th of, 7th of August, I started. Okay. And then finished on the 1st of September. Oh, <laughs> and now it's the 26th. So you've already had it. You've already, you, this, you, what you're doing, what you just told me is what you've just done. You've just edited it. It's done. So yeah, so I started oh, on the 7th of August, God. I finished on the 1st of September. I then, I think I had like one day off <laughs> and then I edited from Monday. It was the day before Atlas went back to school. So it was Monday the 4th. I handed it to my editor on the 8th and then, or the 9th, I think it was a Saturday. And then they had it until the 15th. And then the 17th and 18th of September were the worst two days of the month. <laughs> I edited the whole book. I had to, and here's the thing, right? I don't, I think I'm going to possibly change editors because we had a slight disagreement about direction. And um, I'm really disappointed because I absolutely loved this editor's feedback on book two. They really, really made it a much better book. Mm. Um, But sort of the comments that came back were, oh, this is the perfect Agatha Christie setup. You should rewrite it as a mystery. And I was like, Wait, I write romance. That's not, Wait, that's what? Not what you're yeah. writing. No. So that was oh. like the first step in a bit of a spiral that's happened at the end of this month in terms of imposter syndrome and like self-doubt and stuff. So anyway, I, a very kind friend, got on the blower and we like brainstormed how I could make it structurally better to keep it the romance that I wanted to keep it. So I did that um, and then blasted it out in two days. And now it's with the editor and it's due back tomorrow. And then it's ready for publication. Well, apart from formatting, it will be ready for publication. So I've pulled it up four months. It was in January. I'm now releasing next month. My jaw. <laughs> what? 
the hell? <laughs> it's the last book in a trilogy, though. So, so I can, I it's sort of, you know, a medium launch rather than, because I'm already, this board here, just so I'll give you a quick, oh. that is my new vampire series. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh my God, I actually can't wait. I'm so excited. It's so, so good. Are you launching into writing that as a trilogy and then you'll see where it goes and see if you want more? It will definitely be a trilogy. Yeah. Definitely. It might, it's, I highly doubt that will be the only vampire series I write. I suspect I will write more. Whether or not it's in that world or a new one remains to be seen. Can we go back and do the thing that um, one of my favorite editors ever did to me? And I really got so much out of this. So I'm just going to say that she was working on a memoir of mine and I would send her, you know, the, the chapter and she would read the chapter and she would say, this is a great chapter. Wow. Love this chapter. And then she would circle the one thing that was hard for me to say. And she would say, you know, throw the rest out, go there. I'll go there. So can we please go back to where you said very quickly, um, this feeling of imposter syndrome and what, what what is that about? You you, talk to me about that. that so did, was it the editor? I'm going to gonna make you do the hard thing. Um, was it the editor who pushed you into that spiraling? I think that was the start. And then I had, I've had to face the fact that I am actually going to be delivering a keynote certain <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, and then there were just like a couple of other things that were like really amazing and special. And I felt very honored. Um, but also I was like, who the fuck are you to be doing this, that, and the other, you know, like mm. I just, yeah. And so Ellie's like, you're devaluing your journey again. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but you um, are devaluing. Yeah. Me and Ellie got on the horn right before, <laughs> right, right before we, uh, right before we chatted, but like, you are someone who, and I know you don't need, need me blowing smoke and this isn't blowing smoke. You write books, you complete books, you do them in a, in a, mind-blowingly devastatingly <laughs> fast fashion which most of us cannot do and won't do and don't need to do dear listener um <laughs> that fast when there are people publishing every week though yeah fuck them that's not how we do it they your your books are your books and they i, I cannot that is your competition oh you must just want to punch competition in the face when so it goes hard that. so that hard. is ridiculous. very frustrating you just told us how you wrote and revised and basically are almost ready for publication in under two months with an incredibly good book at the end of a series that you have adored also you understand how books work you understand story structure you understand character and you are a person who can describe it to other people and get them excited about doing the same thing in their own work it's too 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 bad you're so awesome like honestly it's hard when i don't know like it it, it we all have self-worth shit right we yeah. all have the bullshit in our brains and like i've actually funny enough today i booked another coaching session with ellie for early next week because i like and in my email i was like i've made so much progress like so much progress over the last couple of years and I feel like I've taken, you know, like 11 steps forward. And in the last like 10 days, I've just 
I'm taking steps back and I can see the behaviors and the mindset shift going backwards. And I can't afford that right now. <laughs> like I just, it's not, I'm, I'm past that. This is, that was past Sasha, you know, like I don't need to be that person anymore. So oh, like, my goodness, but, but what about life as, and you're going to, you're going to hate it, but the, but the idea of these waves that we can be our best selves for so long, and then we can be not our best selves for maybe just a little bit maybe just a little bit of time, but that is a natural human thing to do. And asking yourself to be your best self all the time and to be perfect all the time is impossible and will only let you down. I feel like a psychologist and I feel like Ellie, you know, call me, we'll work together. Well, <laughs> well I don't know about being perfect. I'm definitely not perfect, but I do like to be my best self as a number one competition all the time. I I, I find it uncomfortable if I'm not like the thing is, and I, but you know, I'm also realistic we all have bad days, I, but I'm accepting that and I'm trying to mitigate it as fast as possible okay, by great. putting That's in good. extra coaching, right? Like, cause I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can see that I'm taking steps back. Therefore I'm going to rectify that shit real quick. <laughs> I, can, I can see exactly that. And I can see why you're doing that. And that mitigation technique I think is really useful. So yes, but also give yourself some goddamn kindness, please. Like if, if your son came to you and said, I've got to be my best self all the time. And I, you know, and I, I was just so tired. I went to bed early last night and that's not my best self. You would say, ah, oh, I know. <laughs> Give yourself some look, kindness. Look, look, I never said I wasn't a hypocrite, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's tough, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you ever have these bouts of self-doubt? Like I haven't had self-doubt like this in a really long time. I had huge self-doubt after uh, after an edit of the recovery memoir last year. Interesting. Um, yeah, in, enormous because I'd hired this woman because I'd worked with her before. She'd actually edited me in like a, a ladies home journal when she had been there and I had, I had published something there and she was great. And then another good friend of mine recommended her for memoir and um, she's been at the big five forever. She's done magazines. She, she knows what she's talking about with creative nonfiction and, but she didn't like me and she didn't like my enthusiastic voice. And she gave me a strong edit, which told me many of the things that were wrong with the book, which is what I needed. Um, but also she kind of just brought me to my knees. Like, I, am I, is, is my voice bullshit is, and, and my voice is Rachel. And so then am I bullshit? You know what I mean? That ugh. So what what was interesting is my friend who got on the Zoom with me to talk it out read the feedback mm -hmm. and said <clears throat> she's not helping you improve the story the story. She's mm -hmm. trying to change the story. Yes. And that was really because because normally yes. I'll swallow those edits. Tell me where I've gone wrong. I, I want to improve it. I'll do all your changes. Like whatever, you know, yes. I have no problems with feedback, like whatsoever. And I added seven extra scenes to book two after this person's feedback, you know, because I love, yes. I do do, I don't, I have I no love feedback. I have no problem yeah. with criticism. And that is exactly yeah. what happened is that I hadn't written the book she thought I should have written and wanted mm -hmm. to change it to suit her. But so then what we're left with is this, and I, maybe you went through this too, but I was left with this really interesting thing of like, I need to take all of the good advice because there was so much of it. The majority of her advice was good, but I have to separate right out this thing that's making me feel so small like I can't do this like I'm not allowed mm -hmm. to be this person like she would literally go in and strip my sentences back to journalistic level 
so they wouldn't be conversational anymore. And I am a conversational writer, especially when I'm writing creative nonfiction. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm encouraging and fun and funny and that's, and chatty. And she didn't want any chatty. She wouldn't allow chatty Rachel in. And when chatty Rachel was gone, what was left? What, what do I have? And so to find the, find the, find all of the truth without losing yourself. And that's really interesting that both of us have, have hit a wall with an editor. Yeah, very, very interesting. And especially because I pride myself on being able to take feedback and criticism. You can tell me this sucks. And here's where it sucks. And I'll go, oh my God, you're right. It sucks. And I can fix that. I can always fix that. Not a problem. But, but if, yeah, it felt more, if I turned it more personal, which is, you know, which is kind of humbling. And also it makes me feel for every, you know, new writer who's getting their first revision letter that, is like oh, yeah. a nuclear explosion when I definitely cried on the first just, one. Yeah, I cried and I, well, I cried and I cried and I cried, but I also didn't understand it for the first three days. Like, not even mm-hmm. they weren't even speaking English for the first mm-hmm. week. Nothing made sense, and I and that's not fun. No, but then I'm like chomping now. Like these days, I'm chomping at the bit for the the edit because I'm oh, like, yeah. hey, give me, give me, yeah. give me. How can I improve? Like, what can I do better? Like, what did I miss? Like, how can I, you know, how can I deepen this? How can I, you know? And I'm like, yeah, give it, give it all to me. And and so that's why I was so utterly thrown. I literally felt like I'd been kidney punched because. Mm it was like changed the story to a mystery. And I was like, this is a romance series. What? Um, you know, and so, yeah, I don't know. And so that was definitely the, the start of a spiral. <laughs> so but what it, did your friend tell you to, that, that helped with that after they saw the revision notes? The, the, the point about, um, improving the story is what an editor should do versus changing the story really, really helped. Um, And then talking through ways to add certain bits that would deliver what the editor wanted without having to structurally change the book. And it's hard without giving spoilers or giving details, but like there were writer tricks that you can do in, you know, seeding things and then just comments here and there which made it easier than having to like you know completely restructure and to be fair I did do a hell of a restructure because I shifted the protagonist from one of them to the other so that was like yeah that was it was quite it, it was subtle anyway and I had had a feeling that it was the other one but I hadn't done that in that draft Mm. and so I had to like just but it you know when they're one then the other one then the other one then the other in terms of draw and uh, points of view it's actually quite easy to shift it because you just you know that's not as hard as if as if you have written it from one character's perspective and would have to switch the whole thing yeah especially when they're both female it's not like you've got a male protagonist and a female protagonist right like so it's easier for me to do that than it would be for a straight romance writer or for an author who's writing from one point of view um but that helped because actually the more active character um I, I just basically focused on the more active character and then buried more of the action into what that person was doing so yeah it helped. And I, and I do even talking about it actually, and about what I did is making me feel more confident, which is great, but I have definitely been in a bit of a lull. And the other, the other bit is that as somebody who has significance, I need feedback and I don't have any feedback. And I even emailed the editor emailed to say they would deliver tomorrow. And I emailed back going, is it better? 
you know, like question mark, question mark, nothing. So like <laughs> that, yeah, that has been like eating me up. And of course I can't, I don't want to send it to anybody because I don't know if it's good enough. And oh, so it's just been this exhausting spiral. So if, God forbid, every editor in the world died of editor plague today and mm-hmm. you never got those notes back and you had to publish how would you feel about it like just with sasha's brain how would you feel about the revision that you did i don't know because i was super confident before i sent the book off to the editor <sighs> yeah so i don't know and at the moment i um uh, i i need the feedback yeah i i need to know if i improved it <clears throat> Um, Everyone listening is dying to know what the editor is going to say, but I'm going to use Rachel privilege and say, can you please Marco Polo me afterwards? Yes, I will. (laughs) Now I want to (laughs) know. I will. And it's like, you may get a a crying Marco. (laughs) Yeah. Or you may get a... (laughs) I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the A, but but that is stressful. It is stressful, but it's done now and it will go out and it also it was the longest book it's the second longest book i've ever written oh my god and you did all of that over 100,000 words oh it's just here 100,000 words holy cow mm, mm. and to do that so quickly and to hold it in your head jesus um i will just say that i got an email recently from a listener who was basically like how can i be more like sasha <laughs> nobody wants to be like me trust me like I am a hot mess of like but my answer was is that you are just you're you you're completely unique you do things that nobody else can do honestly (laughs) and you bring such emotion and such action to your books that nobody else would be able to do that in two months nobody and you should be really proud of yourself well, thank you. But also whoever that was shouldn't shouldn't want to. They should want oh, to be the most yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. That's, right. Because yeah. that is how they win. Yeah. And that's the point. Yeah. We all have to be the most ourselves possible. Um yeah. because that's how we shine the brightest at the end and, of the day. And myself is chatty. And I'm going to yeah. and actually, you know what I will say about that edit that devastated me. Um, the book is still like in limbo. I've I I have made the 100%, I swear to God, decision. I'm self-publishing the New Zealand memoir, which is the one I'm finishing now. And then after that, I'll move back over to the recovery memoir. And I still don't know what to do if I will let my agent have that again or not. But um, Oh, that's interesting. Do you think it's blocked you in any way? That did block me. Closing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe that's why I haven't closed other other things. But it feels really good to be getting so close to the end of the New Zealand book. Um, But one thing that that edit did do for me was now... I can really lean into my voice. I've always enjoyed my voice and I know my readers enjoy my essay voice. And now I like, as I've been editing this book, I'll go like, (laughs) that's, that's, that's great. That's, that's charming. I would find that charming if I read it and people who don't find that charming will not be my reader. And, and so I, it's kind of doubled me down on who I am as a writer too. And I took every structural note, but I will never be the thin, tight, journalistic, let me tell you the facts. I don't want to tell you the facts. I want to tell you the story. How is your voice the same? And how is your voice different across your fiction and nonfiction? It's really similar. 
really interesting. really similar um i always i always say that it is oh you know that uh, nathaniel hawthorne quote that says um easy reading is damned hard writing yes that is what my voice is and if and if my voice gets convoluted and fancy it's hard to read and that's not me um but i have really like i always talk about my legs um i have a very long torso like I'm all torso and 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 oh, 27 inch legs. Really? Like just yeah. my, I can't I can never touch the ground. My, I'm always cross legged. Um in any chair that I sit. Oh my at. god, me I, too. Oh fuck, I didn't know that. But, so I, but I but I talk about like, a really, short leg thing. We gotta run faster, man. We got yeah. we learn to run faster. Early. I look like the Duracell bunny when I try and run. <laughs> I do. <laughs> And that's why that's why we get things done but i always talk about my sturdy peasant legs like my sturdy peasant legs they will harvest your field they will they will just bur- they'll bring in the sheaves they will get it they'll birth the babies even though i never birthed the baby but these these legs get shit done and my prose gets shit done and it doesn't do it it doesn't do it always very prettily but then i'll wing a lyrical thought at you and then go back into sturdy peasant prose and it affects the reader and I do, and I, and I only know this because I have written so many books and I hear the feedback and, and I always talk about voice being like your accent, you know, you can't hear it, but other people can tell you what it is. And everyone always tells me the same things about my fiction and my nonfiction, which is you make me feel better. You comfort me. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but like my, um, oh God, what the, I've just lost the name of that book. Oh, Splinters of Light um, is a book about a woman dying of early onset Alzheimer's. And like, she's, she's not going to get out of it. She doesn't die at the end. No, no, you know, no spoilers, but she's gonna. And people go, oh, it's so, so comforting. I love that book. It just made me feel so warm and fuzzy. Like, did you read the same book? So I can't not do it. I can't. <laughs> I love that so much. What about I... you? Well, let me think, because I've read your fiction and your nonfiction. I would say that you, and I'm going to, I'm going to speak for you. And then I want to hear what you actually have to say about yourself. <laughs> but you, you always have this fiery way of moving forward and and I would say dragging the reader with you but you don't the reader's just running next to you to keep up like I just want to know what happens next I want to ha- know what happens next in your fiction and in your nonfiction. you can't put it down it's got that um it's got the same drive that you do what do you think when I say that um I think that that makes a lot of sense I think that um I write very fast things I am a fast person so that makes that makes sense to me the 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 interesting thing is that in this last the reason that I asked the question is that one of the really good bits of feedback that I had is that one of the characters in this book has a very different voice to any of the other characters in the series um and the editor noticed and was like I love this voice and what's so lovely is that even though the character sounds so radically different they still sound like you oh and I thought that was very interesting um and that kind of got me thinking about craft and prose and yeah and and what I want from this next series um and so like a little learner me wants to add in or maybe it's not learner maybe it's sig i'm not really sure one of my strengths wants to build more world building and add a little bit more depth um to the fantasy elements whilst still writing quickly 
and still having all the spice and the smut because obviously there's you know smut is smut is smut um so I am kind of interested to see what this plays out like because I think it will be fast with the odd like lyrical prosy section you know you're, like you're already doing that though because you do have and uh, you do have that thing that I do too which is like fast 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 I'm not paying attention to the fact that I'm reading because I'm in the world and then suddenly I'm hit with a paragraph I'm like oh wait I gotta read that one again because it felt so good as a writer yeah. to read readers yeah. won't maybe readers won't I don't know if readers do that or not if they're not writers but um you already have that so yeah, it up, maybe I don't it'll think be, be hard no no yeah Here's a question. Have you read Yellow Face? Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. I'm halfway through and I, I have oh, never God. been so uncomfortable reading a book in my entire life. My whole body is like this. Whilst I'm I was reading. describing I'm like, it to my wife and she was like, I'd rather eat glass. <laughs> I could never but uh so so yellow may uh may i just explain it really quickly yellow face yes don't book. spoil though don't oh. spoil no oh, yeah no well. spoilers how about i explain yes because i haven't yes. read the whole book okay yes. the concept of the book is from an author's perspective whose best friend is a literary darling and she has a tragic accident and dies in chapter one um and the writer takes her manuscript and so the story begins and you see what happens with this manuscript. But may I mention the racial element of it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because I don't okay, think that's ahead. a spoiler. That's No, I don't think that's a spoiler. So, so the author, R.O. Kwan, is Chinese American and she's writing about the and the literary darling is Chinese American. But the author that is the point of view character is white. But she's writing a book about a person of color. And, and not the, just a person of color. What? She's writing a story about like a integral. It would be like a straight person writing a coming out story. Yes. That's the only race. way I can the describe it. A, it's about, it, yes. it's about race. Yeah. And it is so funny. Every single sentence is a tiny microaggression and it must've been the most cathartic thing anyone has ever written I hope it was for her. I hope that she just howled her way through the drafting. I have never, I don't know when I've enjoyed a book more and when I have been able to recommend it to fewer people because you have to be. But also, not I think people you're are not, loving it. Like it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. But I think like if you're not maybe sensitive enough, it might actually just pass you by. Like well, it's I one was, of those I things. I wondered that too. I wondered Yeah. That. Like I can think of certain family members if I gave the book to, they'd be like, I don't get it. And I'd be like, mm, this is why you need it. <laughs> I cannot recommend it more highly. I, I it thought it was just, so fun. Yeah. Also, like the it's so clever. Like the the prose is clever. It is rich. She's a fucking prodigy herself she's a genius the woman i hate her a little bit because she's so good at writing <laughs> like the book has so many underlines and notes in the in the in the corners where i'm like this is so bad oh, this is excellent oh. i love that you brought that up i'd actually forgotten that that was one of the highlights of my reading year i think yeah 
Yeah. I never, I mean, I'm literally feeling slightly uncomfortable even talking about how uncomfortable I feel reading it. Like it's, yeah. it's horrendous. And I just have no idea where it's going. Like I'm, I, think I, I, if you didn't feel uncomfortable, that would be cause for worry, but then you wouldn't understand that it was cause for worry. But, but, uh, yeah. but, but I am one of those people who loves cringe anything. Like if it is the cringiest moment on television, like all those cringe shows, I, I can't, I love, I love, love that feeling. And like Lala hates that feeling. So like, how do you feel about like the British office when it was out? Could you watch it? Uh... No, yeah. it's not really my thing. I, it, only because I didn't find it that funny. I, I just, yeah, I'm more like Michael McIntyre, Lee Evans type jokes. Like I'm not, I'm a bit simple. When it goes, oh my god, Michael Evans, Michael, Michael McIntyre, Lee Evans, Michael McIntyre. They are, they. I don't. I will send you some. Okay, TikToks good. Because good, I, good. Yeah, I, they're hard to explain. So. Yellow face, but then I also wanted, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm jumping off, but like, I what did what are the series that you finished? Because I loved Deadlock. Have you seen Deadlock yet? No. Deadlock will consume you. It's the funniest okay. thing I've ever seen. Um, it's eight episodes. It's Australian, and it's all one word: Deadlock, like Lake L O C H. Uh, you'll love it. Thank me so, later. Okay, what's that about? Um, it is a it's it's set in Tasmania and it's a um, murder crime series it's a crime series that is a serious crime series there's crime going on and there's a detective that's investigating Um, oh it's all lesbian it's all it's so gay oh okay I'm back in I'm all the way back in and it's so feminist but almost every other line is funny like I don't know how they're pulling off murder crime show but Oh, so funny. Like, and Lala doesn't like that kind of, like she doesn't do the murder crime shows. And I said, just watch one episode. And she's, and she, she was in by like minute two. Okay. So, well, Chloe loves like murder crime stuff. So I'm- Oh, I'm it'll that. be perfect for both of you. Okay, and cool. the characterization, I want to know what you think about the characterization. Because I think the way they built these characters is genius. I never watched shows twice. And this one, I, I watched I. while sick. And then I turned around and I said, Lala, we have to watch this. So- I did that with The Diplomat in July. Oh, you know what? I watched The Diplomat um, while I was sick too because I'd heard a show of you saying that you liked it so much and I really enjoyed it too. Oh my God, it was so good. So I good. it was picked up for season two, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I would have died if it wasn't. Um, it was so, I never ever rewatched shows ever and it was so good. I, I literally turned around to Chloe and I was like, you must watch this so much so I'm going to sit here and babysit and make sure that you watch it. <laughs> and That's how I feel about too. Deadlock. That is okay. Okay, it, I've I've written it on a post. Well, it Dipl- Diplomat was rich and compelling, but then Deadlock also has the the funny, the the deeply deeply funny. Like, so yeah. like all my favorite shows are either like like political ones like the diplomat west wing scandal americans designated survivor love all of the american stuff love it like literally we'll go no no, no the, but the long. americans what about that show? oh no i haven't seen that no what's that it's the same oh actor God. that was in diplomat um <gasps> except she's even better in it just just watch an episode or two and is it political as well yes deeply, <gasps> deep. it's about um she's she's a spy in the 1980s Oh, it's no, it's but it doesn't feel historical. Just try it. Okay, okay. Try right, right, and try right, the Americans it. for me. Okay, <laughs> I will. I will. The one I want to watch this week is um the Continental, which is like a nineteen seventies play on John Wick. 
like so it's the continental hotel yeah in i mean john wick is one of my favorite bra- um franchises ever because it's perfect yeah, yeah. Perfect, in every it's, way it's great yeah, yeah. It, like literally there is nothing i don't love about john wick um and uh yeah the continental has just come out on prime um so yeah the other ones that i watched were the vampire and so this is the other type of show that i love is like vampires <laughs> so I, I watched the vampire academy one but the new one which was on amazon prime which is great like which new is, version what's it called it. it's the new vampire, vampire academy because yeah, i'm also a big fan i love i think it was I'll, I'll even watch the schlocky ones like vampire diaries like i oh, love, love them yeah. yeah love them yeah and the originals seen all of that yeah and um and i'm now watching the new interview with a vampire series oh i forgot that came out is it good yeah it's very um uh um homoerotic is that the right word good it should be that's exactly is it was that what the books were like I, yes. obviously the one with tom cruise and and brad pitt wasn't so. oh i didn't yes. know queer, maybe i'll listen to it on audio then yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well this is very queer <laughs> I think they shied yeah. away from that in the in the nineties one, but um yeah yeah definitely yeah. yeah so that's been quite good as well. Um, there's something else I've been I can't remember. I'm terrible with names of things. Dead luck, but anyway, dead luck, the, dead luck. You're gonna also okay, I'm on follow me and say my life has changed. <laughs> my life has changed by this show. <laughs> okay, I promise. So, what are you working on now? Like, what what is the what's to the end of the year? Okay. Ooh. Good question. So it is um, September. By the end of this week, I will have the New Zealand book done, and then that'll go away to my developmental editor. Who's all okay? So I will. I'm outing. I'm going to out myself, and I feel very vulnerable about this because I have students who listen, and um, students don't do this. But I'm using my copy editor as a developmental editor, which I never do, um, because she's number one incredible she's so good at everything that she does and she sees the things that like why are you why are you doing this here and not there uh but but the, but memoir i know i understand memoir story structure i understand the structure of this book this book is not giving me heartburn at all i know that i'm, I'm not nailing everything and that's why i have an editor um but so that's going to be kind of a combo one two package which i i do not recommend do, doing for most people but um so i'm doing that and so then I'll get that back and I'll revise that quickly. Then I'm going to do the audiobook of it. And as soon as I get the audiobook in the can, I'm going to start building the Kickstarter, which I know takes a long time and doing all that. So I'm going to do a Kickstarter for this book. And um, Lala, oh, I remember we talked last time about me bringing Lala into the business. Um, we have since decided that would be a bad idea. And here's why. <laughs> La- Lala and Lala agreed with this. I, I made I made all of these decisions like by talking to friends, but then I forgot to tell Lala about it. But um, like <laughs> like with you, I decided to bring her totally into the business, and then with other friends, I decided no, that won't be a good idea because Lala cannot both work with me and be looking for another job at the same time. She's got to have one job. Like, and if her job is looking for a job, that's her job. But she is going to build my Shopify store because that is actually her job, and that now can go on her resume, um, on her CV. So she's going to build out the Shopify store while I'm building the Kickstarter. So after the New Zealand book is kickstarted and done and dusted, it'll go on the Shopify store for a month exclusive. Um, and then I'll do it wide. So that's the launch plan for the book that is currently called Unstuck. I think it's something like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the subtitle is, but Unstuck, um, how blowing up my life led to happiness, blah, 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 something. So I want to get the happiness 
SEO word in there. And I do like the idea, this concept of blowing up a life, just visually big. And then, uh, but but while I'm waiting for things, um, I'm going to be revising Seven Miracles, which I'm getting back from my editor in like a week or two. Um, but the, I think those revisions she said are going to be very light. And then I'm going to be revising the recovery memoir. Basically, that book is so, all, it's already in place, but I can't even describe, like I had um, a chapter that did something. And then for every chapter that did something, I had a reactionary chapter and then, and I'm combining, I'm combining those. My editor, my, okay. sorry, my agent was like, I see what you're doing, but would it be smoother to, to combine them? And then I tried combining the first three months of the year long book and it worked so well that I'm like, oh, God damn it. I need to do that. So once I do that, then I will either give it to her to try to sell or I will self-publish it. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that one yet. And I think that'll get me, that'll get me through the next three months plus teaching. I mean, that's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, 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 that's quite a, a bit, quite a, quite yeah. a bit, but, um, yeah. but, but it's, you know, it's the finishing energy that I've been looking for and it feels really good. So what about you? What is next for you? The, when do you start on the vampires? So I, in order to write quickly, I have to brainstorm and outline yeah. and outline again and yeah. re-outline and brainstorm some more. So um, I'm not starting the drafting until November the 20th. Good. And I would like listeners to know that we are recording this on September 26th. And that is part of your process. And when the legendary Sasha Black writes so quickly and then can edit so quickly, it is because you've done so much of the heavy lifting. Yeah. On the yeah, 100%. And this time I'm taking even longer um, before I start because I actually want to have um, a, a very solid story. So here's what I'm doing, right? Here's the lesson I've learned from the fiction trilogy that I've just completed. Um, people who have one couple through a trilogy or quadrilogy get a lot higher read through because there are inevitably romantic cliffhangers at the end of each book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously there are lots of romance authors that have high read through, but often they're writing contemporary romance and it's like siblings or cousins or whatever and it's all in this small town or whatever. It's in mm-hmm. that they're, they're all connected it's in a container. and so yeah. Like, yeah. So, but it, that that's very much in contemporary, and so readers co- have come to expect that in fantasy. Readers expect series. They expect something to drag you through the whole way, and um, I didn't do that. So, whilst there are um, the characters track across all three books, it they are a start and finish romances. So it's one couple, then it's a different couple in book two, and then it's a different couple in book three. So I write that best. I don't like having to write the same couple for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm having a plot question, a a fantasy element plot question that gets asked in book one and does not get answered until book three. And so even though the couple romance story is done in each book the plot and the overarching is not going to be complete until book three now i know what that is already i already know oh, well yeah that I would be the hardest know. part for me i cannot plot my way out of a paper bag and just what you said just made me want to throw up i could never i could never come up with something 
Well, it's because there are so many twists and unexpected turns that like, so that has had, and because in order to see that, I need to know. Um, but I now don't know what the stories are in each one and like how I'm going to oh, do that. So I'm fun. Yeah. So I, so my aim is to have uh, not necessarily like a full outline for each book, but to be pretty pretty confident so that I, I can do all of that seeding and I know what needs to be revealed in book one, book two, book three. So that's why I'm taking a little bit longer, but I'm also like allowing myself a lot more time. So like, for example, I have just um, like, I'm probably going to get hated on, but used AI to create like emblems for like the families. And Fabulous. like, yeah. And like, I've just looked on Fiverr. I think I've just found an artist to create a city map for me. And like, so it's these elements because I'm making it much richer. And like, I'm starting with the world, like the literal physical world and the setting, because I get a lot of ideas about the story based on like locations and stuff. So I'm putting a lot more into the world building than I did with the first book. And so I'm hoping that's going to lead to, because the, the read through is good, but it's not as good as I know it can be based on like sales and just based on mm-hmm. like the feedback that I get from people who do track across, mm-hmm. I know I can do better. So that's my goal for the next series is to have really high read through. So it's going to be a cliffhanger, <laughs> but it's not going to be a romantic one at least. But yeah, that is, that's genius. And I think you're going to have so much fun playing with all of that, that that could never, I could never, I could never, I'm just in awe. In awe. And then when is the keynote? Is that October? November the 6th. November 6th. I have, if it makes you feel better, I have this, I'm doing the Surrey International Writers Conference, um, which is one of my very, very favorite conferences in the world. It's in um, just outside of Vancouver, but I'm doing it virtually, but I'm doing an all day masterclass or like a, or like a long, a long masterclass for the, um, for my publishing course. And I'm getting really like, I'm really comfortable presenting for an hour. Um, but for multiple hours at a conference that I respect so hugely. And this is one of those add-on days. Like you can add on a day to do this extra big thing. And I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And no, like imposter syndrome. Or... Yeah, I do have it. I do have it with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right though. That's... But we do it anyway. We do it anyway. Do. And then after we do it, we feel fucking amazing. Right. Yeah, and you are amazing because you teach people all of the time, like literally every 90 As days, you drag you. people yeah, through <laughs> finishing their manuscript. You do. How many lives have you changed doing that? Come on. Sometimes sometimes I, sometimes I, that thought flits through my mind and then I swallow it and I go, no, you big britches, stop it. But um, but what did I write down the other day? Let me just grab this really quickly because um, I can't even remember where I heard it. But it prompted this thought that I wrote down. That is, it is my job to break the spell for writers who don't think that they can write books. That's my job is to break that spell that so many people have. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. My job is to break the spell. And sometimes I do break the spell. Actually, a lot of times, a lot of times I break the spell and I'm so happy about that. That is amazing. Like a little happiness headache. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. What a magical job you have. Right. I know is, that's so special. It's truly the best, and yeah. then to see that, and to see their books come out, either traditionally published or self-published. I don't, I don't know which one actually makes me happier, because with traditional publishing, yay, yay, go you! But with self-publishing, oh my god, I, I like look at everything that you did, look at everything that you did. 
I, 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 I love it. I um, There's two things I want to do before the end of the year other than the Vegas talk. Tell me. So I'm going to draft book one in the new yeah. series. Um, in in December then, then? Because, you from know. The, yeah, 20th of November to the 20th of December. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also my fear is like that's already, because I'm not starting immediately, it's going to be five months between releases like so five months between releasing next month and then the release of the the next one which I find that terrifying but anyway um so I'm gonna do that and then I am going to lean all the way into my competition for um the next course I create right so I am going to be uh doing a course on so you know how everybody talks about like writing to market yes but they don't talk about how you actually do the writing of writing to market. They all talk about like the branding, the packaging, the, the, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have a class uh, that talks about the prose aspect and the craft and the structure and, and, and how to pick those bits out and things like that. So I'm going to do that. Um, there will be some like, how do you understand the market like stuff so that they can get like the comps that they need and competition does that. I look at the market all day, every day. Um, so it'll be that, but the course will predominantly be on the craft aspect of writing to market because nobody talks about that. I love that so much and I cannot wait for you to do that. I So that's this you. month's project is October oh. project is that course. Oh, how fun is that? I know. I'm very excited. I think I'm going to get a lot of comp pennies from it. You're so cool. You're so cool. <laughs> I just banged my microphone. I got so excited. But- <laughs> so, so, so then the next time we talk will be right before I fly to Vegas. Oh, I'm right- that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I missed you during those two and a half months. That's terrible. <laughs> But we also knew that people would understand because you were drafting like crazy. I was supposed to be revising, but actually being sick. And um, so, yeah, that was. We're back now. Well done. We're back. Thank you, Sasha. This was delightful. I'm so happy you went back. (laughs) Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher. And when you have a moment, please leave a review.